0: The BMW line was once again reunited, and it was not good in this matchup against Seattle Kraken. And also, Mackenzie Blackwood looked sharp, but he had no help. We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked On Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Oh, stepped up. nailed got the puck, what a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup! Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential media member Trey Matthews. So this is my first episode posted for a good minute, I had a minor hiatus, and if you're wondering where I've been the last couple days, well, if you've been following me on my personal social media page, I had a wonderful opportunity to call an OHL matchup between the Mississauga Steelheads and the Erie Auditors, and once the game concluded, I officially became only the second African-American to announce a Canadian Hockey League game in its nearly 50-year-long uh, history. So once again, it was uh, it was a position that I was honored to be in. I was glad that they uh, assigned me with the task. And overall, it was just a great experience. But as soon as the game concluded, I had to go back home momentarily. And then I had to go from home back over to the other side of the country because now I'm back at school at Arizona State. And and as some of you might already be aware, I am pursuing my master's in sports journalism. So the last few days has just been a bunch of travel on my end. And uh, I just wanted to get uh, settled in once again and just be able to provide you guys a great episode. So I'm back. Let's get this thing started, and let's just pick up right where we left off. So in this matchup, the New Jersey Devils played against Seattle Kraken. They came out on the losing end by a score of 4-3 to three in OT. So in today's episode, I'm going to give you guys my overall game reactions. Nathan Bastion was the main storyline heading into the game, so we're going to talk about his return and what that means for New Jersey Devils because we saw some interesting line combinations for initially rolled out. By Lindy Ruff. And then Mackenzie Blackwood, he had a fantastic game in between the pipes. Unfortunately, he had no help. And as some of you might already be aware, I've been fairly critical on Mackenzie Blackwood these last few weeks. However, uh, despite my opinions, he needs to be put into a better situation and he needs to be given a better chance because for right now, he's fighting for his job security. And the Devils aren't really giving him a fair chance. So what's rolled out in front of him, not really helping him in that regard. So the scorebook doesn't do him justice. And then like I do for every postgame recap, I'll give you guys uh, my uh, final thoughts and then a letter grade. So let's start off with Nathan Bastian and his return. So it's been a good while, but Nathan Bastian is finally back into the lineup and he's playing against his former team, nonetheless. So if you guys need uh, a refresher, Nathan Bastian was originally selected in the expansion draft by Seattle Kraken. So he had a brief stint with uh, the Kraken. He said he didn't really have too many fond memories. And he, like I said, he wasn't really there that long and he was, and en- he ended up being waived by the Seattle uh, Kraken. So one man's trash is another man's treasure. So I'm glad that the devils essentially didn't really give up anything in that expansion draft. And, uh, we we got Nathan Bastian on our roster, and he's been big this season before the injury. So when he returned, I, I expected there to be some rust. So when the BMW line of McLeod, Bastion, and Wood were rolled out onto the rink, it was not really a happy homecoming because if you need proof as to how bad this line was during the course of this game, well, Ryan Obazinski has you covered because the the line played less than – six minutes they had a coursey four percentage of 18.18 percent they had an expected goals four of 0. 0.18 but we can go on and on about it the just long story short version the the line didn't really look too sharp during the course of this game but here's the thing I, I like i just said moments ago i expected there to be some rust because nathan bastion hasn't played in a while so if you were anticipating for nathan bastion to go out there and just basically play savior for new jersey devils then you were rightfully mistaken because similar to Andre Pilat in and his situation, it's going to take a few games before Nathan Bastion gets back into the swing of things. So during the course of the game, you saw that he wasn't really playing his normal type of positioning. So what is his positioning? Well, remember when Jersey Joe and the Brad Pack originally came on to this show a few months ago, they were saying like uh, Nathan Bastion is sort of like the goal goblin, which is he stands in front of the net and he redirects shots on in. And that's been big for New Jersey Devils. We didn't see Nathan Bastion do that on the power play because Lindy Ruff is just trying to ease him back into it because you don't want to put him into an uncomfortable position so soon because it's not going to work. And ultimately, I don't think he's ready on his end to start taking shots off his body to try to uh, find the back of the net. I think it'll take maybe two or three games before he gets his uh, foot before he gets his footing back underneath him, but. For the time being, it's great to have Nathan Bastian back into the lineup and it adds more depth for a New Jersey Devil. So if you need more proof, like look at the line combination that Lindy Ruff initially rolled out to begin uh, the course of the game. So Andre Pilat, Nico Heischer, and Jesper Bratt were your top line. But then he finally put Dawson Mercer on the same line as Jack Hughes, and he kept Eric Holla on the same line as Jack Hughes. So if you need a bit of a, of a refresher – Eric Hala, uh, and his services are actually somewhat respectable when paired alongside Jack Hughes, because the fact of the matter is simply this. Eric Hala does the grit and dirty work that Jack Hughes doesn't have to do, including face-offs, some sort of defensive effort, puck possession, whatever the case might be. And I respect it, but I think Eric Halla isn't really benefiting uh, from this relationship. It seems to be one-sided, but We've already discussed enough about that. I think the more important thing is that we need to give Dawson Mercer a bigger uh, chance because we've seen over the past couple of games of of what he is potentially capable of doing. And I think that potential is sort of hindered and untapped. So why don't you put Dawson Mercer uh, uh, on the same line as Jack Hughes? Because that seemed to work last year. So why aren't you doing it this year? But now getting Nathan Bastian back, Lindy Ruff is able to do that. I told you what Eric Hala brings to Jack Hughes's line. So if you're confused as to why Eric Holla uh, remains to be a top six player, that's the that's the reason why. Just because he can do the dirty work, so Jack Hughes doesn't have to do it. But um, moving on, if you look at the third line, this kind of surprised me. Thomas Tatar. On the same line as Yegor Jes and Jesper Bolquist. So I was a little stunned to see that because during my like hypothetical line combinations, whatever the case might be, I would have never put Tomas Tatar on the bottom six because Tomas Tatar has silently been one of the Devils' uh, more underrated players because he's been having a pretty good year. And the thing about Tomas Tatar is that we've been talking about like his uh, his somewhat respectable season, but going into this year, we were actually talking about as to whether or not he'll be waived or if he'll actually be on the roster, but Thomas Tatar has actually been putting up some respectable numbers when he was on the same line as Nico Heischer. So in 44 game appearances, he has 10 goals, 17 assists, for a grand total of 27 points. But his plus-minus it, it shocks me the most, and in a good way, because his plus-minus was plus 26. So Thomas Tatar is actually putting up some – very uh, respectful production when he's out there on the sheet of ice for New Jersey Devils. So my overall thing is that I think Lindy Ruff is now more willing to take a risk when it comes to the line combinations, because one of the things that I think a lot of Devils news personalities or a lot of fans were just vouching for was that, can you at least put Dawson Mercer on the top six? So that way he can find his untapped potential because during the course of January, we've just been talking about how, Dawson Mercer is somewhat underrated. We're talking about how his confidence is somewhat hindered. We're talking about like he, he's being held back just a little bit. So why don't you put Dawson Mercer on the top six so that way you can just uh, get that uh, better production out of his end. So now getting Nathan Bastian back into the lineup and getting more depth because one of the things that Nathan Bastian just brings bottom line is just more depth options for New Jersey Devils. So I think Lindy Ruff is going to be more comfortable when doing that, so overall, uh, it's great to have Nathan Bastion back. It wasn't a great first showing, and early on in the game, something funny actually happened. So he, he and uh Susie, uh, uh, like uh, bumped knees, and then Susie fell to the ground, and as a result, he accidentally uh, high sticked uh, Miles Wood. So that was just a weird series of events. So uh, Nathan Bastion went to the penalty box, then Susie went to the penalty box because uh, Susie was assessed uh, high-sticking, obviously, on Miles Wood, but it, it happened because Nathan Bastion just unfortunately ran into his knee, and I guess he just had nowhere to go. So I don't think it was the correct call on my end, but it, and luckily Miles Wood was okay, so no harm, no foul, but friendly fire on Nathan Bastion. So welcome back, you goon. But I'm seriously happy to have Nathan Bastion back, and the New Jersey Devils can only go – Up from here. And at least they were able to walk away with a point. That's all I can say. So I'm going to give you guys my overall game reactions and also what I thought about Mackenzie Blackwood in this outing momentarily. But before we continue, I want you guys to make some extra cash. So you need to head over to betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup, They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest, easy way to get all your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked on Bets for all your betting needs there as well. Okay, so when looking at this game in general for New Jersey Devils, I just found them to be somewhat... How would I say it? Lacks a day ago, because during the course of period number one, they weren't really sustaining that much offensive pressure and they were relying so much on Mackenzie Blackwood to keep them in the game. So I'm going to talk about Mackenzie Blackwood and his overall great outing momentarily. But th- this overall game for the New Jersey Devils, it wasn't their best outing, but it was far from their worst because they were able to kick it into high gear as the game progressed because Bill Spaulding and Candanico Danico acknowledged it on air, which was the Devils were down to nothing and period two was halfway done. So basically, what they were preaching was that someone has to step up their game. And ultimately, that inadvertently became Damon Severson because Damon Severson was able to score the first goal of the game for the New Jersey Devils. However, a few possessions ago, it seemed like it was going to be Jack Hughes or Tomas Tatar or Eric Halla because they had a series of excellent moves, but unfortunately they weren't able to find the back end in that. But ultimately, I think the Devils are just tired of playing on the West Coast. So they already took care of their business, so beating the L.A. Kings, beating um, the San Jose Sharks in a shootout, So and now just playing the Seattle Kraken. I think the Devils, similar to a lot of fans, are just tired of these West Coast trips. I know for certain that I am sick of these west coast trips and even though i am technically on the west coast i'm so accustomed to watching the devils play mid-afternoon and now it's just a few hours later and and now i have to record an episode late at night so i i know i'm tired of these west coast games it's not a burden for me to do the episodes but like i said i'd rather do them a little early on in the day and i'm sure a lot of other fans would rather watch the game early on so i think the devils are were just a little fatigued and it was kind of showing on the rink so for the first period or so, it, it, the Devils were just basically coasting by. And then in period number two, Damon Severson was able to get them back into the game. And then Eric Halla, shorthanded, was able to score for New Jersey Devils to tie the game. And that definitely uh, lit a spark underneath them because once Eric Halla gets going— a lot of people start to, to just get hyped because we all know how unlucky Eric Holla has been during the course of the year. So if Eric Holla scores a goal, that's your spark plug right there. So it's a 2-2 game, but it was short-lived as Tanev was able to regain the lead once again for Seattle Kraken. But the New Jersey Devils, for the uh, second straight game, late, uh, having the extra attacker out on the rink, they were able to... Uh, get the last-second game-tying goal, thanks to on the redirect from Nico Heischer. And I'm just like, this is the second time, like I said, that the New Jersey Devils have to pull their goalie, in this case it's Mackenzie Blackwood, get the extra attacker, basically just sort of do somewhat of a Hail Mary because I always say, like, when you pull your goalie, it's always a huge risk because your net is wide open, you're very vulnerable, so there's, like, literally no room for error and usually I'm just thinking in the back of my head, saying, like, oh, they have the extra attacker. There's no way they're going to score. The Seattle Kraken or whatever opponent are going to get the puck and blast it out the other side of the rank, get the empty netter goal, and then everyone's going to go home all sad. But the Devils somehow, someway, just caught lightning in a bottle once again and just able to get that game tying goal. So, and then we all know what happened in OT. In that case, you got to tip your captive Seattle Kraken because they were able to get a good look and it was just a beautiful shot. But it leads into my next discussion, which is Mackenzie Blackwood needs help, guys. So in this game, I just saw Mackenzie Blackwood just play the role of Superman. And that's not what I want him to do. So it's great when Mackenzie Blackwood has these types of games. But at the same time, it doesn't really do him any justice if his team isn't able to help him out and try to get him the win. Because the thing is, Mackenzie Blackwood, like we just talked about the lackadaisical effort from the New Jersey Devils, and they were relying too much on Mackenzie Blackwood. And I was surprised that the Devils were down like what two-nothing, uh, like halfway done with period number two, just because it, it just looked like that the Devils were going to get blown out like four to nothing or or something in that regard. But it was Mackenzie Blackwood that was keeping them in the game because Mackenzie Blackwood saw like what 40 shots in this matchup. So I get that the Seattle Kraken are a high-offensive kind of team, but that can't continue to happen because what I saw was basically Ryan Donato beating the Devils not once but twice. So it was it, it was just basically the Ryan Donato show for a good chunk of this matchup and or the, the Devils were uh, in too many two-on-one on-man rush situations in, uh, in, not in their favor, and now you're leaving Mackenzie Blackwood once again in a very vulnerable position. Or after Ryan Donato scored, just a few minutes later. So it's one nothing already. Just a few minutes later, I saw the Seattle Kraken get a couple other grade A chances. And Mackenzie Blackwood had to make, during the course of one possession, not one save, but two grade A saves to make sure it was still a one to nothing game. So that's my overall thing. Mackenzie Blackwood needs help. So as some of you all might already be aware, I think Mackenzie Blackwood is on borrowed time because he's going to become a restricted free agent. I'm not comfortable re-signing him to a, another three-year deal. And I, I just think that uh, Akira Schmidt is ready to be thrusted into the backup role, but that's not what I really want to see in this sort of matchup because it's unfair to Mackenzie Blackwood. And during the course of his career with the devils, we've been talking about how Mackenzie Blackwood needs to play better but in this sort of way, this is an example that I've been given throughout the course of my few years here of being locked on, which is I think that Mackenzie Blackwood hasn't been given a fair chance because we've been sort of giving him the Corey Schneider treatment, which is we rely on him too much. He gets hurt and he doesn't perform up to expectations and people get disappointed. So this is the same situation that we're seeing. Once again, you have to give Mackenzie Blackwood a fair chance. So I'm all for Mackenzie Blackwood you know, not potentially being back next year, but I don't want to see this kind of outing happen, which is he plays well and, the, and his, the team in front of him doesn't live up to their responsibilities of helping him out because I think that just fails him and it just makes him look bad, and that's unfair. So my, my thing is simply this, which is I know I crap on Mackenzie Blackwood a lot, but even I'm a fair person, and I'm definitely not going to say this loss is on Mackenzie Blackwood. It's just not. Some of those goals that were let up, I think that you can put more blame on the defense than you put on Mackenzie Blackwood. And in fact, I don't blame Mackenzie Blackwood at all for, for those goals. It's not his fault. It's the team and their lackadaisical effort. Now, like I said, this wasn't the best game for a New Jersey Devils, but it wasn't their worst either, and they were able to amount a comeback. So interesting fact for you guys. The Devils are currently tied for the Tampa Bay Lightning for most comeback victories with 14. Now, obviously, they were able to come back, but they weren't able to come away with the win. So it still stands at 14. But the Devils have a good history this season of coming back, and they were able to do it in this game. And it was exciting to see. But at the same time, you got to just help out Mackenzie Blackwood just a little bit more. So the one thing that I've been complaining about Mackenzie Blackwood is his overall consistency. So he had a great outing against the LA Kings. And he had another great outing against Seattle Kraken. But unfortunately, people who just like scoreboard watch are just going to say, oh, the Devils lost 4-3 to three in OT and Mackenzie Blackwood was the starting goalie. So people are going to be quick to blame to, to uh, put all the burden on Mackenzie Blackwood's shoulders. But in this case, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood deserves no slander. So I just want to get that out the way, which is Mackenzie Blackwood, hats off to him, fantastic performance in between the pipes. And hopefully he's able to do that in whatever outing uh, awaits him. But I think Mackenzie Blackwood slowly but surely is starting to get a little more consistent. I don't want to overreact. I don't want to underreact either because he's been having some good outings this season, but now it's just like, can he remain that consistency? That's my overall thing. So that's just what I want to see out of Mackenzie Blackwood going forward. Great performance. Definitely not going to put this loss on him. And he just uh, he he deserves a lot more credit as to the uh, effort that he put out for his team. So, like I do with every post game recap, let's compare the overall stats, and then I'm going to give you guys a final letter grade for the Devils. So shots on goal differential. I talked about how astonishingly the Seattle Kraken were able to get forty shots on Mackenzie Blackwood, but the Devils put up a decent fight in that regard too. So they had, 30 uh, to their favor. Face-off percentage, Devils 51%, Kraken 49%. Power play, Devils were 0-for-1, but they did get a shorthanded goal thanks to Eric Halla, and the Kraken were 0-for-1 in their power play. So here's another thing that I want to talk about while we're on the topic of special teams. So uh, I talked about how Mackenzie Blackwood basically had little to no help out there, and it during a, an instance in which the Seattle Kraken were on the penalty kill, they actually had, I, I think, not one, but two odd man rush opportunities to try to get the shorthanded goal. That cannot happen because the Seattle Kraken are second to last when it comes to penalty kill in the entire league. So if you're doing that against the Seattle Kraken, don't. Okay. And don't put Mackenzie Blackwood or any goalie in that position. So I just want to put that out there. So don't want to go into another tangent, but yeah, that's my overall thing. You got to help out uh, McKenzie Blackwood in that sort of way, and don't. And it, I know that you're tired. I know you're fatigued. I know you're not putting your best effort against Seattle Kraken, but honestly, um, don't like they their penalty kill is not that good, so you shouldn't be giving them those types of opportunities. But didn't come back to bite them, and like I said, the Devils ended up getting a shorthanded goal later on in the game, so I'm not really going to complain about that too much. But hit differential 21 to 18 in favor of the Kraken. Blocks, 19-15 to 15 in favor of the Devils. Giveaways, Devils led the department, 11-8. to eight. So if I had to give a letter grade for Devils, it's kind of interesting because it's not their best performance, but it's not their worst performance either. I don't think it's C tier. So I'm going to actually give them a, a B because I think the reason why they just came out so flat-footed is just because they're tired of playing on the West Coast, and I think the fatigue just caught up to them, I think they're ready to go back onto the East and get back to these Eastern Standard uh, puck drops. So uh, they took care of their business on uh, during the course of these West Coast trips, so I'm not really going to put too much blame on them. And yes, this was not really a good outing for them, but when they're playing hard against the LA Kings and also the San Jose Sharks, I and not to mention uh, the Anaheim Ducks, they were able to come away with a win um, against Trevor Segrist and the boys. I think the Devils just uh, they're just done with it. So that's all I can say. So, like I said, wasn't their best game, wasn't their worst game, and I don't think it, they deserve a C in this sort of uh, way. And, yes, they did let down Mackenzie Blackwood a little bit, but like uh, Bill Spaulding and Ken Danico said on air, they they just had to find that spark plug. They just had to find that player to step up, and they thought it was going to be Miles Wood because with the uh, re addition of uh, Nathan Bastion, they thought maybe miles wood can finally score because miles wood hasn't scored in like over a month or something in that regard so i was actually shocked to hear that but so this game it was kind of boring at first but it got interesting once the devils uh started to pick it up a little bit more and like i said uh nico he getting that redirect goal late uh when when the devils had the extra attacker and pulled mckenzie blackwood from the game and uh i love to see that kind of chaotic situation but let's not put ourselves into too many of those situations and can the devils uh look i know they're a good comeback team but i would rather just see them uh take the lead and not look back so comeback victories are great and they're crucial and they'll be big come playoff time but let's just focus on just trying to once again dominate from start to finish similar to what they did during the 13 game win streak but Devils walked away with the points, so I can't really complain about in, in, in that regard. And during this Western uh, trip, they took two points from the Anaheim Ducks. They took two points from the LA Kings. They were able to walk away with the two points against the San Jose Sharks, but the Sharks also got a point. And in this game against the Kraken, like I just said, they got a point. So took care of business. Wasn't the best game. Wasn't the worst game. So let me know what you guys think. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below. Or if you're listening on a podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal tour page at Trainmat 4 or the show tour page at Locked on Devils. As for today's episode, that's the whole time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.